You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbor is here for Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is August 10th, 2021, and our show today is brought to you by rockauto.com. On today's show, Ryan Finkelstein and I discuss the Nationals and Mets series upcoming. We talk about how both teams got to this point in the season. We also talk about the Nats contending and, and kind of breaking up that championship team and get Ryan's thoughts on the trades of Max Scherzer and Trey Turner and when the Nats could contend again. A fun episode today. Hope you all enjoy. So when I think about in years past, Mets Nationals after the trade deadline, you got those great series going back to back at City Field, you know, the Todd Frazier home run, the, the when Cespedes came to the Mets, two teams bowing out for the division. So now I got Josh Neighbors on, and it's good to talk about a Mets team that's free falling and a Nationals team that I can't name more than three players on it right now. Uh, let's see. Could you? All right. So you know who's playing right field? Obviously, yes. Juan Soto, and then um, center field. I think Mike uh, is Robles still there? Yes. Okay. All right. Left. So left, left is that you're probably going to run into some issues there. Gerardo Parra. Uh yeah. I mean him and Yadiel Hernandez. There's there's a couple guys. Um, there's a Stevenson lingering somewhere. I believe. Yeah, Andrew Stevenson is hanging around. He's taking reps from Robles because they both suck at offense. So that's happening. They got uh, Josh third Bell base. Somewhere? Josh Bell. Oh, Josh Bell at first. Is Josh Harrison still aboard? No, he got traded to the, to Oakland. Oh, that's right. That's right. He and Yon um, Gomes. Um, oh, the guy who's supposed to be good that's not. Uh, Carter Keeboom. There you go. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, prospect Luis Garcia is at second. And then you'll remember him very fondly. Alcides Escobar is playing shortstop. Wow. Yes. Alcides Escobar. Yeah, he is not. He is not. Um, Where was he? Was he there the whole year? He was. No, he was not there all year. He was not on a team. I forgot what minor league team he was on. They picked him up right after. So they had a stint where everybody was getting injured. I think – I don't know if Trey was out uh, at that point. But basically they had Schwarber go down. Um, they were so desperate – well, they had, so after that, they had to move Josh Harris into left field. Hmm. Then Luis Garcia, their new second base, wasn't up yet. So they had to sign Alcides Escobar after they had played backup catcher Alex Avila at second base. He he pulled <laughs> wait, he pulled wait. he hard. Like thirty-five year old Alex Avila. He strained both muscles, both calf muscles. He strained <laughs> of muscles he did. Both just jogging calves. out to the position, right? Yeah, yes. And so he strained muscles both his calves. So they had to call up. Uh, Jan Gomes was out. Uh, so Trace Pereira got called up. They've now added Riley Adams in a trade uh, for Brad Hand. So he's out there playing catcher. Um, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a rough year. Uh, I think it's, I think it's been really difficult because I'm sure you've seen the videos on Twitter of like Trey Turner, you know, running from first to home on a weekly hit ground ball and just him making all these, uh, the the word that keeps being used is electric. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the word I always think of when I think of Trey. And then Max had a really good debut. I don't know if, I mean, I guess Max is probably about to pitch again, um, Today or yesterday, I forget when, but uh, yeah, probably today he'll pitch again. So uh, he was, you know, he was excellent in his debut for the Dodgers. Uh, difficult times for Nationals fans. They're watching a lot of the guys that helped them win a championship 
uh, succeed at a championship level, not on their team anymore. So that's tough. Yeah, I think the Cubs fans and the Nationals fans are both kind of in the same boat right now where – They know, played right at the deadline. I was yeah. actually in D.C. I was at the series where it was a bunch of trip random dudes in the sad, series. From the sad, sad times. And I think yes. – Really, and we talked about this, I believe, a couple of weeks ago on a Spotify greener before everything happened, mm. where it's like these are two franchises that got their World Series, and now it's kind of okay to just, just fold up shop a bit, especially the Nationals. I mean, they were spending for all those years, but every single contract was deferred. So you had to think at some point, especially when they won, that there would be a point where they'd say, all right, this is time to fold up shop. We talked about how Trey Turner gets moved, and I think it's because they're resetting the timeline. You know, Turner, if Lindor got 340, I mean, Turner's at least going to get 250, probably should get just as much as Lindor. He's just as good. Uh, so if that's coming in two years, I get why they moved him, but I'm sure that's a lot a lot harder to sell to Nationals fans. Yeah, I think the, the problem for me is, man, you really must not have been able to, to re-sign Trey if you're going to move him. Because you watch him, and look, as an offensive shortstop, he's not a great defensive shortstop. But here, here's the thing. He's he's around league average, I believe, at this point. Um, compared to Fernando Tatis Jr., who is by far, by far, the worst defensive shortstop in the league. And then also you factor in the offense. I mean, I, I always say, like, yes, Tatis is up here, but Trey's not far behind him at all. When you factor in the defense being a lot better than Tatis's, and also the offense, like, he's not some slouch. I mean, he's he is – I think he's still above 320 on the year in terms of batting average. Uh, not not a guy that's going to get on base, you know, uh, not walking a lot more. But still, he's he's, he's, he's also a guy that that just like you said, first to home. He, he makes yeah, he's happen. We, yes. we've we've watched him for years. Trey Turner's a winning baseball player. It's that simple. He makes stuff happen, especially. I think Howie Roseman made a comment about it too, where he's like, "Look, oh yeah, we've watched him for for years. Like, <laughs> this guy's really awesome. can't, what are we doing? Can't, can't really imagine, you know, a team letting him go and." I, I think the big thing you, you and I have talked about it too, that the Corbin contract and the Strasburg contract combined is what really is going to set them back because Patrick Corbin might just be better off not even pitching at this point in time, and Steven Strasburg is not pitching at this point in time, and those guys are going to combine next year for a little bit. I mean, close to seventy million dollars. I think sixty to seventy million dollars. Which will and be then three fourths of their payroll. Easily. Yeah, and then and Corbin Corbin's on the hook for th- his payroll. His, his his payroll number jumps. Um, I'm gonna get it really fast. His number jumped on his contract from like 27 to like 34 in 2022. And Ryan Zerman actually mentioned it last week, and I didn't love the wording he used, but he's like, we basically abused um, Patrick Corbin in the 2019 championship run because he came out of the bullpen so much. Worth and it. <laughs> right, it was, and it's worth it, right? But now you're paying the piper yeah. down the line here, and he's on the hook for twenty three, a uh, twenty one this year, twenty three next year, twenty four in twenty twenty three, and then in three years, a twenty twenty uh, in the year twenty twenty four, he's on the hook for thirty five million dollars. Quick pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Sign up on your tablet, your iPhone, your computer. It's free to do. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, 
We'll give you an extra 50 to play with today. They've got MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, college football, UFC, Bellator, PFL, uh, F1. All of those things are available to bet on at betonline.ag. Once again, go there today. Use that promo code locked on for that 50% deposit bonus and start playing today. Bet online through your online sportsbook experts. I mean, he, he and everybody praises that Scherzer contract, right? For every Scherzer contract, there is a Patrick Corbin contract. And it just so happens that they're both on the same team. Yeah. And I think it's actually interesting to talk about Strasburg because there was always the parallels with Matt Harvey, especially, you know, 2014, 2015. The Nationals made the, now I guess maybe the wise decision to hold him back. They won a championship with him eventually, so it worked out. Uh, the Mets, you know, just went straight at it in 2015, completely used up Harvey, and then he ends up getting TOS a couple years later. Now Strasburg has the exact same injury. So it is kind of interesting. At least the Nationals get a championship out of it, but they're also saddled with what, whatever it was, like $200 million still? Yeah. Uh, that you don't you don't know what they're going to be able to do with that, that money. I mean – Look, we've seen Matt Harvey. Now he's trying to think probably three years removed from it, finally just be a competent starting pitcher coming out of that surgery. So that Strasburg deal might almost be worse than Corbin just because it's longer, and I just don't know if he's going to be back to what he was. Yeah, and he's 33 years old. So, you know, usually you're pitching – I mean, I say – it depends on the guy, but, like, you're pitching prime. Prime is, like, 33, 34, 35. Like, it's it's kind of weird. It's one of those – it's one of those – things where you can actually like you can get a little bit older and still be pretty good especially um, if you're one of the elite guys like the, yeah you know, like, the like Strasburg, max, max, max and Strong. max and verlander are good examples and those two yeah. guys got gig- are gonna get well max hasn't gotten paid yet but he's going to get a gigantic contract uh for a short period of time albeit but guys usually peak around this time now clayton kershaw's you know those guys are exceptions but he's still great and he's around this age right now um so yeah you know they um and people view the choice of Rendon and Strasburg. I mean, it's not like Anthony Rendon's been great in Los Angeles. So for me, I and this happens across all sports, you have to realize this, but like Strasburg was a crown jewel that they drafted, right? Number one overall pick, a guy that you know that, that's just had this rise to World Series MVP. Um, you're always gonna re-sign that guy because of what he means, right? This is why draft picks are actually the last guys to get cut on football teams. You see it all the time. You usually stick with those guys because they you drafted them, right? That they have more value to you. Being drafted just means more to steal a term from the SEC. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's one of those things where look, they, they wanted to make that deal, and he was on top of the world at that point. That's the problem. Is you know, I thought there was going to be a point last season, if it was a full season, where Strasburg was going to be able to eclipse Max and kind of you know say, okay, you know, I am the guy now. And he was pitching at that level. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I did not expect Max to be this good and to carry on. I should should not have doubted him, but he's carried on that to high level. And for Steven, the injuries, you know, I think this makes Max Scherzer even more impressive. The fact that he was a horse that year and he was used just as much as the other two guys were, and he's still kicking, and he has been a solid, I mean, just a rock, an absolute rock. I think that speaks to how great of a player he is, how Hall of Fame, I mean, first battle Hall of Fame level caliber pitcher he is. The fact that you've seen these two guys, Corbin and Strasburg, struggle and fizzle with, with injuries or whatever it is, and he has just kept on keeping on. So I, I think it speaks to that, that even more how good he is. It's just kind of the things that go through my mind right now as yeah. those three pitchers. 
I think with with Scherzer, in some respects, he's almost gotten underrated. He just got he's gotten overshadowed in his era. You know, Clayton Kershaw was the 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 one guy who dominated every regular season. Every regular season, even though Scherzer very similar, Degrom has gone to this other planet, and mm-hmm. Scherzer is just the most consistent thing in the sport when it comes to starters. And I know we've talked about it. You already mentioned it. That might be the best contract that'll ever be handed to a pitcher. You cannot perform better over a seven-year deal. He he didn't have to pitch last year or this year, and still it would have been worth every penny they paid him. Even the first four – I mean, you get an all-star every single year except for 2020 where there was no all-star. I think he was top five Cy Young at least four or five seasons, won it back-to-back years. Every single season it's 200 strikeouts. It's probably a sub-three ERA almost every time. The guy was ridiculous. And when you sign a pitcher, it, it usually happens like Strasburg. You, you might get a good first or second year of the deal, but then it falls apart. Look at Garrett Cole right now. Is Garrett Cole going to be worth all that money for the Yankees for all these years? He might have a couple good seasons, but it's not going to be what Scherzer just did. That They should put that contract itself in the Hall of Fame. Give the well, contract it, a Hall of Fame plaque. Yeah, this, honestly, it is. I mean, it's, it's a great – it's a wonderful contract. And, you know, it kind of goes – baseball – is really devoid of the Bill Belichick. Like, I'm not paying you for the guy you are. I'm paying you for the guy that you can be. Baseball, because of the way the contract system is set up, because of team control, because of the way, you know, these guys, some of these guys don't get their first big deal until they're, what, 28, 29, 30, right? So, so often you, you see that, you know, those guys have to cash in and it doesn't allow teams to pay for them for the guy that they are. You know, they have to pay them for potential or, 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 you know, whatever it is, right? You know, um, this this Max deal is different, and you mentioned it. Cy Young first year, Cy Young second year, second Cy Young in the third year, third and Cy Young in his fourth year. And then last year, obviously, um, they you know, it was a weird year, 3.74 yard last year, but still, you know, it was a weird COVID year. He was not totally healthy. And this year comes back, and 2.76 this year. And, look, besides that, like, if you take out that San Diego Padres game where he gave up the grand slam to the the relief pitcher – like it's much lower than that. And that's just kind of an aberration. And for him, the issue is always, and you know, this too, a couple things. Number one, home runs, right? That's, that's an issue for some of these guys. Taiwan Walker right now is going through that home run issue. Um, and two later in games, it felt like he'd fall off a little bit. He kind of corrected that this year. Uh, I think a lot. So to see him at this level, you know, I think a lot of Nationals fans were pretty happy for him. Trey is the one they can let go a little bit. I, well, they, they won't, excuse me, won't let go of. But Max is the one where you're pretty happy for him because this guy's been a rock. He deserves to play for a winner because he's been at pitch at the winning level for so long. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a situation with Nationals fans. It was tough to say goodbye, but they're a bit more okay with it. Yeah, and on the way out, he gives you prospects too. So, I mean, just the complete – The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you sign the guy just as a free agent. You get six and a half amazing years, and then – he gives you a parting gift as well. So that, that's just crazy. I think the one thing I will say about Mike Rizzo, and I think what the plan here is, he is really good at finding the Gerardo Paras, the Howie Kendricks, the the veterans on the, the one- or two-year deals. So I think what the plan for the Nationals moving forward, this is what I think it's going to be, is see if Juan Soto is an MVP, cobble a bunch of veterans together around him. If you have a good enough team one year that you can compete in the East, maybe they'll go for it, or they'll buy their time until Soto is about to get paid and the prospects come up a bit, and that's when they'll try to contend. I don't think the Nationals 
are really going to be a team to to worry about in the National League East the next couple of years. But I also think that Rizzo is good enough at his job, and Juan Soto is as a good enough player that any specific year they might pop. Well, this this was the argument I was making was that when you've got Trey and Juan in your lineup, all it took was a third guy. And look, I know Kyle Schwarber was otherworldly good, right? But those three guys together, when Schwarber was hitting one, Trey was hitting two, and Juan was hitting three, and Schwarber was really playing at his best, they were like, it was, I mean, I've heard the record, it was like 14 and four, right? No, it was a small sample size, but the pitching was hurt and not doing very well at the time. And it didn't really matter because of how good that group was together at the front. Good luck navigating that group a bunch. That's why, for me, I think you're right. Because now they have to replace, you're not going to replace Trey. It's impossible to do. But you've got to find a way to, to restack your lineup. To, you know, this is something the Mets are, are going through right now is like there is no part of the Mets lineup that scares anybody right now. There's no part of the lineup that's tricky to get to get, to get through, negotiate through. And in the way that, that you know, meaningful that the Phillies currently have, right? That, that part, you know, they have that feels like that one, two, three right now, even though it's a double Herrera, it feels like he's always getting on base. It feels like Gene Segura is always hidden. And it feels like Bryce Harper is hitting every ball he sees the moon. One more pause in the action today is Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. For all the parts you'll ever need for your car or truck, go to rockauto.com today. They're a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com and check out the thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers that they've got right now. And I promise you guys, you will not be disappointed with the selection or the price. You'll spend 30, 50, 70, or 100% more than you would at rockauto.com if you go to a chain store or you go to a dealership to buy parts. So go to rockauto.com today, write uh, locked on in their How Did You Hear It Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. The Nats are far away from creating that because now the best solid pieces you have at hitting are Juan Soto, who is, you know, cornerstone, but where do you go after that, right? Josh Bell, uh, you know, Alcides Escobar is leading off for them. So that's I, – I think you're right. I, I think they're looking at – you know, it's it's going to depend on how the kids do, right? It, it really does depend on do they think Carter Keboom can play third base because he's actually played pretty decently lately. Do they think Luis Garcia is ready? I think the kid's going to be a really good major league player – but is he ready for the day to day? He's 21 years old, right? You know, this the, the special ones can come up at 21, 22 years old, but it's okay. Not every guy has to be super special, right? Not, not all of them can be can be tens. Um, you know, how will he do, right? Who will they put fine for left field? Can Victor Robles just be an average offensive player? Uh, will these catching guys, you know, will work out? You know, the the Riley Adams they got, the K Bear Ruizes, they you know, they just got from the Dodgers. Will Josiah Gray work out as a pitcher? Will Joe Ross be able to stay in the rotation? They've got too many questions to contend right now. Uh, everything has to break right. And I even said this year, everything would have to break right for them to, to win. And it broke right for like a month. And that's the problem is you have to, the, you know, as you know, depth matters so much. Building your team with the guys like the Howie Kendricks, the, the Kyle Schwarbers, the Adam Eatons, those guys who are not the top tier player, but the guys who contribute on that level every single day you got to build your team around those, and they're very far away from that. So that transitions us, Ryan, to the Mets. What in the hell is going on? What in the hell is going on? 
You notice how I wanted to talk national so much? I, I, I didn't even oh, want I to know, talk I about know. it. I know. I know you didn't want to talk about the Mets. I was just staying away from it. I, look, you, you just mentioned that run that the Nationals had. The first team that actually made a push to take this division back from the Mets this year was the Nationals when Schwarber went off. So they are so close to being a team. All it takes is Pete Alonso to go off a bit, for Michael Conforto to be Michael Conforto, for Javi Baez. Well, Javi Baez, I think he is what it is. He's going to win you one game. He's going to lose you two. That's kind of the way I've processed the Javi Baez experience so far. But there's so many guys who we've seen do it. But I think the problem with this Mets core, and the reason why I think they're close to getting stripped down, not necessarily a complete overhaul, but maybe you move one of Dominic Smith uh, and and J.D. Davis or maybe both of them. Who knows? I think that this group has proven now they've had three three or four years here. They have not been consistent. They have one guy who has a good one year, other guy another year, and they're not putting it all together. So right now, I mean, unless this lineup starts to click, you're starting to run out of time here. And I think I'm more concerned about that than the starting rotation because even though everyone had pointed to DeGrom being out, the injuries, the fact that these guys aren't going deep into games, I still think that Carlos Carrasco is going to be huge for this team down the stretch. I think Marcus Stroman can still be good, Tyler McGill has been solid, and I think you'll get a couple of good starts here and there from Rich Hill and Taiwan Walker. So there's still enough talent on this team, but they are in such a funk right now, and if it extends another week, they they might be out of this thing. If they have another week where, let's just say, the Nationals sweep the Mets against all odds here, and then you've got the Dodgers, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Giants, good luck. Good luck. So they've got to beat up on the Nationals. It's it's pretty funny. I actually think I really do think that the that the Mets. All right, so I actually think the Mets, as somebody who follows them pretty closely, the Mets are going to play like they're they're going to play okay against the the National against the Nationals against the Dodgers, the Giants. I think they play okay. It is about getting themselves back on track right here, right now against the Nationals. The, and here's what they'll need: they have the Mets have to be persistent because the Nationals. Are, they're very frisky right now. I'll tell you that. The, ask the Braves. They might have dropped two or three to the Braves, but, boy, did they make them sweat. Now, the Phillies, they got trounced because this team has not been together for very long. But they're already showing signs of life. All right? They're already showing signs of life. So here are a couple things for the, for the uh, Mets that are good. Number one, they're going to avoid um, Josiah Gray, which is good considering he just struck out ten Braves in his last start. He is the type of guy that the, um, that the, the Mets – would uh, struggle with and give him a lot of confidence. It just seems like he's one of those. Lefty? Uh, I think he is. Yes. I once again, I'm horrible with, with knowing which hand people got people are. Uh, Josiah Gray. Let's see. I want okay, to. No, he's right. No, he's right-handed. Never mind. He's right-handed. I'm looking at the pitching problems right now. No lefties going for the Nationals, so that that's a good sign for the Mets because yeah, I believe it's going Miley to be. Uh, give us the pitching matchups right? and game times. The fans love the game times. Also, no, Ryan. It is Eastern Daylight Time. We're currently in. Okay. It is not Eastern Standard Time. A listener corrected me on that, so just know. All that. right, so uh, tonight, seven ten Eastern Daylight Time. Daylight uh, tomorrow, time, yeah. uh, it's uh, Paola Espino versus Carlos Paola Carrasco. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, it is Joe Ross versus Rich Hill at seven ten mm-hmm. Eastern Daylight Time. Daylight uh, time then yeah. Thursday, it is Eric Fetty versus Stroman, and it's twelve ten Eastern Daylight Time. There you go. All right, so seven ten, seven ten, twelve ten. Your three game yeah. times Monday, Tuesday, 
and Wednesday. All right. So no, no, um, no, no. Tuesday, wait, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm I'm off. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're just losing my mind over here. Uh so Paulo Spino, they should be able to hit. They'll probably make him look pretty good. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Joe Ross is hit or miss. And I think he had – I think the Mets got to him earlier this year, I think. And again, I'm pretty sure so. they did. Yeah, they did. A lot of experience um, going against Ross. A lot of – yeah, a lot of experience. Eric Fetty, they've seen a good amount too, and he has not been excellent as of late. So good opportunities there. Um, you know, bad news they're missing out on – for them missing out on Patrick Corbin. Good news for them. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Corbin's a lefty. Corbin's yeah, a lefty. but Corbin's been – I mean, he's been atrocious. I'm pretty sure he Corbin had a good start. If you look at Corbin's <laughs> Corbin's game logs, I'm telling you, I think he had a gem against the Mets this year, which is sad because Corbin doesn't have. He's been a train wreck. I mean, it, it, I'm it looking this up like, right now. I'm telling it you, it feels like sure. he can't get through six innings against anybody right now. I think it, he might have got through has, seven against the Mets. Yeah, I'm just saying, this, right. could just, this could be me scarred from other lefties. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got April 25th. He gave up seven hits, four earned runs, and two home runs against the Mets in four innings. So I remember that completely that, wrong. That, that's bad. And then, okay, June 20th, six innings, four hits, two runs, both homers, seven strikeouts. Might have been his best start of the year. Actually, yeah, no, I mean, he had that before that against the Pirates. Almost won a complete well, game. Well, I mean, John Lester had a good game against the Pirates. And he was like, John Lester found his form. By the way, can we talk about the fact that um, Lane Thomas has been excellent in AAA. Um, the Cardinals traded a player for John Lester. Yeah. Is that, I, it's just unbelievable. I still can't believe that happened. They, um, they got some. They traded for who was the other one? It was uh, they got two old guys that that what was it? It was I don't know. I just know Lester and somebody else. The Cardinals got. I don't know. They, they like old guys there. That team is not young. No, and yeah, not Adam, Molina, Adam Wainwright, John Lester. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to build the 2019 Nats just as old as possible. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm optimistic for the Mets for you all this weekend, um, or this week rather. But they've got to generate some positive momentum. And I believe now – look, they're at the point now where they have to watch who the Phillies are playing because the Phillies are red hot. But uh, the Mets have how many more series left against Philadelphia? One more. Is it the Middle end of the of year? September. It's Middle like September, September 17th, I think. Is that at Citi Field? Is that City Field? I believe it is at City Field. All right. So, you know, you guys will be watching this play. I believe the Dodgers are playing the uh, the Phillies this this today, right? This is – that starts their series. I think so, yeah. So – you know, you'll be checking on that game, but still, I think the Mets are in a very good position. I, I think I know the schedule is tough, but this is a team that I think will rise to the occasion. I, I think there's no other choice to play, you know, better than they have been. But they've got to watch because those Nats are frisky, and they could take. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. They could take two of three. They really could. All right, Ryan, land the plane. Let's get some series predictions. What do you think happens in the series? Yes. Well, uh, you know, I've already said recently I'm not gambling on the Mets anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into serious pessimistic because the only reason why I don't have my goatee right now is because I bet on the Mets. Horrible decision. Um, so I'm gonna say they're gonna lose the series. You look good. Don't do don't do this crap where you would you say stuff you don't believe. Stop. All right. Stop being right. superstitious. All right. All right. So 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 honestly, I think that they're gonna win this series. Uh, I think they might drop the first game. Just so this spiral continues, where Mets fans will freak out, and then they'll win the next two. I I would be shocked if they didn't win this series. Getting that off day is huge for the Mets. Being at home is huge for the Mets. They've been so much better at City Field. I think that they'll they'll handle business against the Nationals because they have to. So, 
I believe they bring out the brooms. I think they sweep the Nats. The Nats are not very good. The Mets need this thing a lot more. So I think the the Mets take all three games in the series. Uh, Ryan, people know where to find you. It's your podcast. So I'm going to tell people where to find me first. You can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO underscore Nationals. Tell the non-locked-on Mets people where they can find you. Find me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show page at Locked On Mets and find us on YouTube now at Locked On Mets. All right, end the show because it is your platform. So go ahead and you can end it on the side. I think that's it. I think uh, all we can say is uh, at least the Mets have two good shortstops and the Nationals have none. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals and also at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.